Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Armoured cars and tanks and guns came to take away our sons. But every man must stand behind the men behind the wire. <laughs> diddly, diddly, diddly. Diddly, diddly indeed. Diddly. Lads, we're recording this here on Grady's Yard. It's actually just myself and uh, the lovely Sonia Noron tonight oh. here. Grady's Yard looking at a medieval wall of Waterford in front of a few tanks and kittles. <laughs> That'll be brewing beer soon. And... Uh, Sonia, I don't think you saw it during the week, but Alan Partridge singing all your A songs in a fictional character, Martin <laughs> Brennan. Sorry, I can't say that I caught that at all. I'm gonna, I'll show you the video on Great. Twitter in a bit. I, think I could possibly have watched it 700 times. Um, given other political events tonight, I could go on a rant, but I won't. I won't. I've, I've composed Just myself. Anyone that's friends with me on Facebook will have seen I put a highly provocative, uh, colourfully toned uh, Facebook status up tonight. But enough of that, moving on with this no cast here tonight. Yep. Um, so it, it, uh, people might notice it's been two weeks since we brought out an episode um, in the intervening time period. I've been busy, uh, Owen's been busy. So we just, we just usually were a bit better organised and we ended up getting something out, but we got nothing out last week. So apologies for that. Uh, thanks for tuning into this one. And uh, I'll do a bit of housekeeping, Sonia, before we get into the episode. Let you have another little supplines or gin in there. Uh-huh. And um, look, yeah, exciting times ahead for the Snowcast. We've got a couple of things lined up. First things first, um, we are hoping to finally launch the YouTube channel in the next couple of weeks. And uh, I can officially say it now because we've got the green light to go and we've had a chat to them. So Ardkeen uh, Grocers in Waterford, who have an amazing off license section are going to facilitate us recording videos there um, basically we're going to do a special episode there once a month on YouTube exclusively that's going to be beer of the month uh, spirit of the month and we're going to have an Arkeen selects as well we're going to get the experts in Arkeen to highlight a drink that they think is really fun and actually Julie who has been instrumental in setting this up in Arkeen so thanks a million Julie has um, actually picked out a really niche and special product for Arkeen's first pick of the month in a month so I I chat with I actually had a chat with her over lunch uh, at lunchtime there yesterday and we had a quick chat about what we what we put on the show so I really look forward to that that's going to be amazing so Ju- Julie's going to be instrumental in the background there she's putting a few bits together for us and uh, she's emailed me on a few bits as well so that's that's really really interesting also Sonia we've been chatting we're going to do a snowcast blog as well um, yeah. I'm going to bring out one a week you're going to bring out the odd occasional one as well we're, uh, we're, we're, we're brainstorming at the moment that's coming down the line I, I'll, I'll have my first blog out next week uh, more of that to come on social media if you listen to the podcast and you don't follow us on social media be sure to f- uh, like us on Facebook it's uh, facebook.com forward slash snugcast follow us on Twitter it's uh, again snugcast is the Twitter handle and Instagram uh, snugcast is also the Instagram handle so let's move on to the show Sonia and uh, as ever the first section of the night is what are you drinking tonight 
So I am, I'm such a huge fan. I think anytime I've been on this, the only thing I've ever been drinking is Ash's amazing gin fusion, or uh, uh, spirit infusions that she does here. So I love my gin. I have loved it since I was 17, and people used to make fun of me and call me an 80-year-old woman for drinking them. But she she has such an act for mixing flavors and types of gin, and tonight she has one called Gin and Barrett. Love the name. So good. Gin and Barrett for yeah. the Irish fans there. <laughs> oh, could you not hear? No, I do. You pronounce it funny. Did I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's my accent. Barrett, you said, which sounds like a, a phonetic pronunciation Barrett. of beret. Bar- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Um, it's the Din Gin, the pink... Thin gin mixed, infused with oranges and raspberry, and it's fab. And she tops up with a bit of seven up there as well. But now I've had about three of those, and I'm just kind of going for the straight old, straight up gin and tonic now. It's yeah, yum, yummy. Uh, we also had to have an espresso before we came oh, on yeah. to, to wake us up a bit because then um, we ate so we actually much. had a feast here tonight. Um, so Tom, the new head chef here, actually in Grady's Yard, is going to come on with us at some stage and have a chat about creating menus at some stage as well. So that's okay. another thing to look forward to in the Snowcast, uh, how he creates the menus. But uh, tonight, I actually, for, for the first time on a Snowcast, Sonia, what have you eaten tonight? Oh, good one! <laughs> nachos, 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 nachos. Mexican food is my favourite food in the world, so anytime I have an opportunity to try someone's take on nachos, I will. So, unreal nachos here. Probably the top three best nachos I've ever had in my life, That's including when I've gone to Mexico. That's how you Really, really me. good. Um, they do chili beef nachos here, and I think they did have pulled pork nachos once as well, didn't they? They, they did, but it's not on the menu this week. Hopefully they'll put it on it, because I really want to try it. But the chili beef nachos, unbelievable. Yeah. They're just super, super high, loaded with tons of guac and salsa. Everything freshly made. Chili was so good. Yeah, it was delish and really filling. Yeah, it's my first time being in here, um, and actually... It's my first time being in here since they've done the extended menu mm. that they've been serving food. So I've been in here late, a few, couple of nights since, um, and the food hasn't been served. I've been in here, they, they served the food Thursday, Sunday, I've been in here on a Tuesday as well. But um, I was looking at the menu, like, the, obviously you want to try chicken wings everywhere you go. Oh, yeah. they, I didn't get the chicken wings. I had nachos start, shared it with yeah. my dad. <laughs> Shout out to dad, who was uh, unfortunately on the road back to Cork with my mum. They couldn't come on tonight. Um, so Dad's on the road back to Cork after we shared Nacho. And myself and Dad actually had the same main as well. Yeah. I'm basically the same person as my dad. Um, <laughs> it's true. We had a Saturday chicken burger. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have the burger, but oh my God, the sauce. Everything. Oh. It smelled so good. Now, I have toyed with the idea of a burger blog for years where I was going to go around eating a burger. Anywhere I had a burger, write yeah. a blog describing it, my opinion of it. Um, I'm not a fucking food critic or no, any, any authority, but I love yeah, a burger. Love the Saturday chicken burgers, like definitely 100% best chicken burger I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And there are some serious good chicken burgers. And actually very underrated chicken burgers in the Cove bar that we we've, we've, yeah. we have rarely recorded a Snowcast out of, but very frequently enjoyed the Guinness out of and shared it on Snowcast social yeah. media. Yeah. Cove bar is brilliant. Do a great chicken burger. The satay chicken burger here. Oh my god. That peanut butter mayo. That was the best thing. I Probably one of the best things I've ever tasted. Oh my god, Tom, you're a fucking genius. Yeah. That was amazing. It was so good. Um, and, and even the real rustic fries with it as well. Yeah. Was, oh, fuck. I'm actually salivating. If I wasn't so full, I'd be, well, and, and they were still serving food, I'd be going again. Um, as for drinks, I'm on the Northern Monk Brewery, which I, I believe is out of York in England, which actually ties in very. Um, very nicely with a podcast I've been absolutely hooked on this week. Oh, yeah. I'll come back to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Northern Rum Monk Brewery, which I believe is out of uh, Leeds in Yorkshire, I think. I'm, I, I could be mistaken, I'm fairly certain it is. And I'm having their mosaic, which is um, I've, I've a lovely fruity ale. Um, it's only 3%, which for me, I'm usually north of 5% when yeah. I'm drinking in here, <laughs> but it's only 3%. But like, look, we're out at what time we're out at 7 o'clock, so. Jesus, it's not even, it's not even 10 o'clock Yeah, yet. We're, we're, we're recording this at uh, half nine, like, uh, out, out early tonight, so uh, really sessionable, uh, you could drink it all night, recommended to me by uh, the uh, fantastic Hall here in Grady's Yard as well, and it's funny actually, uh, both my parents are marked on the friendliness of the staff here, yeah, uh, first time being in here, Definitely. Um, yeah, the lads are great, so big, big, big shout out to them, always get a great welcome here in Grady's Yard, big fan of it. Um, so Northern Monk Mosaic 3% very sessionable really easy to go down and if you're out early and you want to go on the beer for the whole night uh, 3% Mosaic is definitely the way to go um, I had a little bit of a heartbreak there when I came in first though oh yeah I ordered a Grand Parade and Michal said it's finished it's finished and that's 
part of the beauty of these collaborations that they do. Grand Parade was a collaboration with the Rising Suns Brewery and Cork did with Yellow Belly here. And um, it was a once-off and they had a keg of it kept back. I had some here on Monday, Sonia. Actually, we, we met up on Monday for a couple of drinks and had a lovely chat, yep. lovely catch-up because we hadn't seen each other since we recorded with Paul, actually. It was probably the last mm-hmm. time with Paul and Simon. Um, and that was probably the last time we'd seen each other before Monday yeah. came in here and I'd, we both had a couple of points of Grand Parade actually you drank beer I did I drank beer I had this weird craving for beer I, I, I'm not a beer drinker I have tried multiple times to attempt to give it an op- keep an open mind and to like it but it just it's not my thing but I came in on Monday and was it you was it Grady's I don't know I was just like give me the pint I had it. I had two pints. I had two. Oh, you had three. I, had, I had three. You had three pints. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> and it was lovely. It was so nice. It was absolutely magnificent. Yeah, it was really good. But that would so, only happen to me once in a blue Rarely, year. rarely, yeah. yeah. But, but I really enjoyed it. But it, it, I like... It, um, really really enjoyed that so that was a brilliant collaboration the beauty of them is right it's, it's a bit bittersweet when they're gone mm. when they're gone they're gone but to enjoy them you would get to enjoy them otherwise because it's not something that they're going to regularly produce but I wonder like they, Miho said when it's gone it's gone but if it was popular do you think they'd maybe bring it back for so, another go uh, that's what they've done with Where's Wallonia yeah. their current saison where they brewed that a couple of years ago brought it out and it was a big hit and they went back and brewed another batch of it late last year and they released it there now in Canada and keg form Um I said it on this podcast a few weeks ago. I wasn't big fan, biggest fan of Where's Wallonia, but that's just my taste. It's usually popular. Mm. Usually popular says on. It's really really nice. So, so I'm an order monk. Sign is on the gene, and uh, we're going to be some really interesting uh, things to talk about. But first, a word from our sponsors. This week's episode is sponsored by Flexible Friend, contraceptive devices. If you want to make love to that special person in your life but not conceive a child, go to your local pharmacy and purchase your Flexible Friend. Remember, wrap your whacker before you attack her. Don't be a fool, protect your tool. Don't be silly, wrap up your willy. Bring your Flexible Friend everywhere you go. Right, Sonia, thanks to our sponsors there this week for that, that wonderful segment. Um, yeah, thanks a million, and thanks everyone for listening to the show. Now, moving on with uh, Snowcast Night, and uh, Sonia, earlier on we were talking about just um, various things like um, diaries, uh, pen friends, various topics like that, and yeah. uh, you had a, a, a <laughs> thrilling insight into the Sonia's early days in Ireland. Oh my God, it wasn't that thrilling, but um, we were talking, well, I guess it all kind of started with... Um, story I had I got asked out on by this 24 year old chap in Dunn stores yesterday but shout out to dear <laughs> <laughs> oh god I really hope he doesn't listen but um we started kind of talking about you know back in the day our younger years being wild and free and all the nonsense we got up to but um it kind of started coming about about journaling and blogging and I kind of said I wish I had chronicled my college years and not just like the dating stuff but everything like the parties and the experiences and just even the day-to-day lectures and everything I wish I had done it and multiple people had said to me you know why didn't you write something like do a blog or whatever so I thought about maybe doing a retrospective thing where I go back when I landed here when I was 17 a memoir a memoir exactly that's the word but, like, so much of what was great about it were, like, the little tiny... Spontaneity. Yes. Yeah. And you can't recreate that on retrospect. Like, you just can't. I wish that I had sat down every night and just had, like, made a little small note Full of those. Of points, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Of the great, of those great little bits and bobs. I don't think it would be the same trying to go back and remember those bits and bobs yeah. now. Do, do you think, like, um, given certain circumstances, like, things might come to you now that you would not just have recall on and then you'd be able to just like jot it down and absolutely expand on it so, so but, like, but it's we, also it's also the frame of mind that you're in when you're 18 yeah. versus that like I'm 32 now like you're a different frame of thought a different spin on things when you're telling a story a, a different 
opinion on what happened then when I was experiencing it versus now when I think about it. I just have a completely certain things. I just have a completely different opinion and frame of mind on it. I just it won't be the same. Yeah, it just sure, won't poor, be the poor same. Dermot, if you mentioned ten years ago, you'd have straddled him. Absolutely. <laughs> but listen, no, no. The thing is, like, I I think um, it's great to discuss these things on chat about. Mm you know, your younger years and, and, and bits like that. But stuff does come to you. And mm-hmm. even even on Monday when we were here, like we were chatting about things from both of our past before we knew each other that like I probably hadn't thought of since that time. Yeah. So having these conversations with your close friends does bring that out of you. Yeah, um, definitely. It'd be, I, I think it'd be great if you wrote a memoir and I definitely <laughs> would go straight before you. I don't know if I would. I would probably share it with my nearest and dearest. So but. I, think, I think what we should do is... Uh, me and you should go drink it fairly frequently <laughs> and we should record the ch- chats that we have and then I'll ghost write something for you and then you read it see if it's any good and then we let's fucking do it let's do it let's do it let's do it any excuse to go drinking with you um, no like I, I've had so twice in my life I've say, decided I'm going to write a novel really? Yeah, I didn't know that twice in my life twice in my life I decided to write a novel and once was when I was living in the tower in Cork and I had two weeks off in a row and I wasn't going anywhere how old were you? Uh, 23 okay 23, 24 and I was like fuck it um, I felt I was imaginative enough mm-hmm. I felt I had the skills to do it mm-hmm. and I felt so I went into Easons in Cork but uh, Philofax kind of thing some paper a good pen wow that's real old school yeah went upstairs in Easton's to the coffee shop sat at the window overlooking the pedestrians down on the St- Patrick Street uh, I was actually upper lane I'd say oh, no it's not upper lane one of the lanes anyway coming off Patrick Street and I was there and I was getting creative and I was coming up with my like plot and I was planning it out and the thing about it is I had two weeks off work how long do you think it took J.R.R. Tolkien to write The Lord of the Rings? Like, he didn't write it until recently. No, he didn't. And that's kind of the crossroads I, I, I came across. Um, so that was one of the times I sat down. And, and because I think there is great catharsis in writing. That's the big thing. Like, my mom, when me and my sister growing up, you know, when you're an angsty teenager. And, like, my parents got divorced when I was 13. So it was right at the height of, you know, your teenage years. Hormones, starting, cetera, yeah. yeah, starting high school. And so there's just so much going on. So my mom really encouraged me to start journaling. So she bought me a journal and I just went to town. But like the way that I was taught to journal, it was like the things that you're upset about, the things that you're you know, yeah. depressed about, the negative things, write those down, get them out on paper. So I, I actually recently, well, maybe it was when I had decided to move home a couple years ago, I went home to my dad. My stuff is all sorted at my dad's house in Canada. So he asked me to kind of go through it all and figure out what I wanted to move into my, well, my new house that I bought at the time in Canada. And I came across my old journals. And I actually couldn't even make it past, like, the fifth page. Yeah. They were so fucking depressing. Intense, they were yeah. insane and, and really over the top. But and that's I, a teenager, though, isn't but that it? But yeah. that is, and I couldn't believe that it was yeah. me that I had written all, like, it was just horrendous. And then, like, so, from that kind of sense, it just really, really put me off reading any of my other journals again. I didn't, because it was just all so depressing. Like, there, yeah. was, there was nothing positive about it in, in any of the journals. So, I really wish that I had written the good down with the bad. Because yeah. now there's such a negative emphasis for me when it comes to journaling. Until recently, when I, so the past couple months, I have decided to start journaling again. Um for various reasons um, but this time it's very much like day to day not chronicling my life because yeah. well, I mean right. <laughs> it's not that exciting but I'm not know. that much of a some of the stories you have for me like okay. being chatted up in a butter oil and okay. stuff like that <laughs> um, and like it, it's a lot more positive but I think that also has to do with you know your frame of mind where you are in your life but yeah. also I'm just a lot more conscientious about making sure that you document the positive it's instead of just the negative that yeah. you know there is a lot of catharsis in seeing the good stuff down on paper as well that being able to recall it and write it down there is there's research that even shows that not just writing down the negative and getting those you know feelings out but that getting the positive down there as well is incredibly exactly it's incredibly important absolutely so i started doing that and to be honest it's brilliant but it'll be great to find these journals now in 10 years time and i'll either laugh or cry at myself like i i absolutely 
laughed in a very like oh my god Sonia you absolute sap for being this much of a drama queen when you were 13 years old but but to be honest with you like when I was 13 I was probably listening to James Blunt like you know so like we were all drama queens when we were 13 to oh be honest god. yeah no <laughs> I completely, it's true, it's true. I completely agree with you. Like, the other time that I decided I wanted to write a, a novel mm. uh, was around the time that I was moving to Waterford. And so my life was full of change at the time. I'd just gone through a breakup um, and was very much needing a fresh start, which Waterford was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also thought, like, I, I have this thing that I have a book in me. But as I mature, I realise it's not a novel, it's not fiction or anything like or not science fiction or anything like yeah. that. But um, I definitely think I could write a book. And this is where, the, I suppose, for me, the driver between Snowcast blog is, mm-hmm. is that um, if I was to do a blog like that, mm-hmm. so basically I, I said it to you, and this is what I envisage my um, articles on a Snowcast blog, because it's going to be open to a few different people that I want to contribute towards it. Yeah. Um, I haven't discussed any of this with Owen either. Like, so, Owen, if you're listening, you know, we're doing a blog now. And, <laughs> and so, like, I've asked you to be involved. I've asked Neve to be involved, and she's thinking about it as well. And there's a few, a few other people that I'd like to, to really be interested in seeing what they write down and come up with and stuff like that. Yeah. But for me, I think I'd love to reflect on my week through the prism of an owl lad sitting on a high stool in a pub and what his take on what I've experienced in that week would be. So, go on. I think he'd be amazing at that. Uh, yeah, I just th- I just think your insight into what that or your version of what that would look like would be incredibly insightful and probably shockingly well maybe not shockingly yeah. um, uh, wise. Yeah, I'm I'm trying not to do it through my initial emotional reaction at the mm-hmm. time either, like because I'm trying to remove myself from it as much as you can possibly can. There's going to be heavy bias but in it. But I wouldn't remove yourself too much from it no. because yeah. I, like part of the charm of that would be you. It would be you. Mm your version so, of it through an old lad. So the thing is, like, some some, some people who have had the biggest influence on my life, uh, I suppose three of, three of the male characters that have the biggest influence on my life would be both my grandfathers and my grand-uncle John in Tullahar, my granddad Morris, and my granddad Harry. Yeah. And I would have spent um, a good bit of my youth with, like, I used to go playing pitch and put mm-hmm. with my grandfather Harry, and we'd go for a pint with him and his friend Owen afterwards, and I'd have a seven-up, and I'd be sitting up on a high seal with them, and Aww. just... Their, their um, I suppose their banter to and fro is kind of their senses of humours and stuff that was brilliant yeah. similar with Uncle John you go to the parish pump and you sit in a high stool and just lads around the bar slagging each other off but even like when we lived together and you'd come home from an evening with Uncle John after seeing him I loved listening to your replay of what you did that night and the little stories that they told and the yeah. little anecdotes like they were they were brilliant and um, you you, ha- you have a way with words so well, Great to see what but you that's, come up with. that's where I inherited from, and then my granddad Morris, who I've very rarely been in a pub with, but I've sat and sat in front of the fire and had a, a can or a whiskey with him and watched documentaries, watched informative mm. shows, and he's given his take. Yeah. And he's he's really well learned. He. Um, he was a, a policeman during the Troubles and stuff like that. Wow. So he's great insight. He's a great understanding of life. Um, so fascinating insight and stuff. So I'd be trying to basically channel them into a blog, which I think would be fascinating. Be and I'm not doing it for me. I'm not doing it for anyone else. I'm doing it for me more than anyone else. Yeah. But I, ju- I just think it would be very cathartic to write yeah. it all down. Yeah. And it, it, it brings me back around to the, my whole sense of thinking of the people who've influenced me because this week I watched Afterlife on Netflix. Oh, yes. So the Ricky Gervais series. And I don't like Ricky Gervais as an actor before this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote The Office and The US Office but I The US Office we we bought a door oh my god top three favourite TV shows of all time amazing uh, but Afterlife could possibly be my favourite TV show of all time after watching it would I be correct in saying that this is very much like almost a complete opposite to what yeah. he normally plays in character and like what he normally would do from a show or movie point so, of view to give you just the, the background without giving anything away yeah, yeah. his wife is just recently passed away from breast cancer oh I saw this yeah, I saw this the, the yeah. thingy for it on Netflix the trailer yeah. Yeah, yeah so his wife has recently passed away from breast cancer and when I saw it was Ricky Gervais turned me off it I'm not mm. going to lie but let me just say Stephanie sat down and everyone was raving about it like and said fuck it it must be decent yeah put it on really my god like the there's right I've cried twice ever watching something one was there and sent a documentary because Again, Ayrton Senna was a race car driver in the 90s that died, and my, he was my father's sporting hero. Aww. So I grew up with a lot of Formula One, so I was emotionally invested in Ayrton Senna. And when I saw the documentary, it brought a tear to my eye. And the other was Toy Story 3, the ending. 
ever since I saw it in the cinema and cried, I've never watched the ending. Oh my god, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. So I can safely say I cry at almost everything okay. I watch. There's a scene where there's he keeps get he keeps he has these video recordings that he's done and he's watching them back throughout the series. Aww. And there's one where he gives his wife a puppy and I didn't cry. I don't know if we should talk about this. Fuck right me. Now. Oh like close, close. <laughs> So right, it's very emotional, but at the same time too, he he's he's a prick to everyone in it because he's grieving, and he calls like children cunts in it. Like it's but it's done in this black humorous, genius way that is possibly like you're gripped by it. Oh my god, I'm gonna start it so tomorrow. You have, you have great. To, no, you have to watch it. You love it. So Afterlife, guys, highly recommend it. And like I suppose that's the thing. I was there. I was going to write a blog this week, but I said no. Fuck it. We talk about it in the podcast, release yeah. podcast, and then I'll bring the blog out after that. Yeah. Um, also that and the fact that it's a Saturday. I usually don't go out the weekend, so I usually catch up with Snowcast stuff over the weekend. <laughs> so I'm like, right, I'll fucking promote it next week, even though I have a wedding and a stag party next weekend in Clarny. So, so we'll, we'll fucking so catch busy. up with it. But the whole thing I was saying was, yeah. like, people that influenced you. Take, so yeah. I was saying, I fucking love. To give a pub view of Afterlife, a pub view of Ricky Gervais, and just yeah. but but don't through the prism of that one quick one-liners, mm-hmm. turn of phrases yeah. in a written word. Also, I think it's such a good thing to be giving kind of a, a good look at what grief looks like through the yeah. eyes of you know Very different healthy. situations. Super super healthy. It's all around us. You know, everyone experiences at some stage in their life unfortunately and it's not something that's talked about a lot it's not something that people are comfortable with and I understand that completely it's not a comfortable subject but how great is it to have someone you know put out a show that very rawly from the sounds of things shows you what grief can look like in its various forms like there's so many different forms it's not just about being sad anger is very much part of it it sounds like he he kind of shows you that it's and rightly so, we focus in modern society an awful lot on the patient and treating them and treating yeah. their psyche and stuff Absolutely. like that. But the family afterwards are always forgotten about. Yeah. In the Hegar setting, like it's always right, that person unfortunately has passed away from cancer, so we move on. There's yeah. there's you know, unfortunately there's a lot of people to take on the workload after that. Yeah. And it's the impact that leaves in the family. So it's fair I think it's very 100%. important. I, I think it'll be cathartic for me, it's purely for me. Yeah my aspect of the blog I can't wait to see what you come up with because I, I, I like we're not just going morbid on this we're going fucking deep as well because I was thinking right there's three things I wanted to write about this yeah. week that I'll follow up on next week and I will write a, yeah. a, a little column about we'll post in the blog and put up on all the social media yeah. yeah. Afterlife is definitely one of them I want to give my take on it without giving any spoilers about mm-hmm. Brexit's another one because it's fucked yeah. and without getting into a Brexit rant which I am very prone to doing 30 seconds go right I really want to do a little bit on Brexit and ridicule it through the eyes of the pub that's it I'm not going to say any more I tweeted enough about it on my personal Twitter this week and so yep. it's slagging off people so that's it and the other thing I wanted to talk about was Alan Partridge oh yeah so he's an English comedian with Irish heritage and he did a piece on BBC this week where he basically sang RRA tunes as an Irish lad who was a resembling himself but he was acting as the Irish lad and it was possibly the greatest piece of comedy I've ever seen really yet it enraged a couple of unionists and I thought it was hilarious and like I'm not going to get into geopolitical war and stuff like this Mm -hmm. but fuck me it's so funny really and it's so I actually went on Twitter and searched Partridge IRA or Partridge Ireland this morning as I was lying in bed and um when you wake up and you've that on a weekend and you, yeah. like, you're like I have a fucking couple of hours I can look <laughs> up stuff on Twitter yes uh, I, I, I did a search and actually some people thought he was taking the piss out of Ireland with it and I thought this is hilarious he's completely satirically taking the piss yeah. out of imperialism yeah. and he's actually indirectly slagging off Brexit to a whole new degree mm-hmm. and I won't get into too much of it because I want to do it on the blog but I just thought it was hilarious so I think if you haven't seen Alan Partridge's skit yet and look Alan Partridge is something that I never really invested in I never really watched that much but fuck yeah. me it was hilarious I used to watch him a lot in first year because I only had three channels in my TV in my dorm and he used to come on one of them and you probably couldn't understand no I I literally (laughs) was about to say that I couldn't understand half the stuff I I would and I haven't watched him since but I'd say if I watched it now I would be I'm gonna look that up so basically like these these are the kind of things that have influenced me throughout the week Mm -hmm. and I think coming back to you chronicling and journaling throughout college or throughout your teenage years and, and not continuing it on and yeah. now it's a regret of yours it totally is I think 
that a blog is a fantastic way for both of us to go forward and put our things on. And we can do it through humour, satire. It, it, like the beauty of it is we'll have ownership of it. And I hope, there, yeah. I hope the listeners read it and I hope we get a bit of readership and stuff Absolutely. like that. But if we don't, who gives a fuck? It'll be yeah. cathartic for us. Great. And this leads me on to something else I wanted to ask you about, Son. So, recently, this week, another thing that has heavily influenced me is I've come across for the first time, and I can't believe this is the first time I've come across it because this podcast has so many subscribers, and I'm, I love Irish history. Yeah. There's an Irish history podcast called the Irish History Podcast. Yeah. It's been going nine years. Nine years. I never came across it until Holy. Thursday, and I saw a girl, Kira Kenny, who I went to college with, yeah. who actually has a serious Twitter following she's like oh, about 12,000 Twitter followers because she is a satirical artist now Holy which crap. she's brilliant she's on a Brexit piece that's hilarious yeah and she retweeted one of it because I think I actually think she did a voiceover or something on it I heard her Twitter handle be mentioned on one of the recent ones yeah shit I've barely got 12 <laughs> I like I, I can handle two social media things yeah. and like that's it it's just too much and um, so uh, Kira retweeted this thing and it was the Irish podcast, an episode about Peg Sears. So I said, oh, I'm going to have a listen to this because right, we're going nine years. Wow. So where and does it start? Where does it start? So, this is the thing. They did a two-episode special on Peg Sears, who you'll know nothing about, no. I presume. You've never, have you ever heard of Peg I, Sears? This podcast is perfect for me. Right. So you've never heard of Peg Sears? No, never. So Peg Sears lived, uh, was born in Kerry and got married to a chap from the Blasket Island, which is a big, huge island off the coast of Kerry. Okay. The Blasket Island uh, in the early 20th century had to be uh, evacuated because they couldn't, basically, they couldn't uh, self-sustain anymore. God. Because of ageing population, etc. Right. So there's a two-part special on Peg Sears, this woman, and she, uh, she didn't write it, someone else wrote it for her, but she basically chronicled her life, and it amazing. So again, it comes back to the chronicling and the journaling and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so I found out this for the first time, and basically I went back to the first podcast so on podcast, it was first uploaded to Podcast Addict six years ago. So I'm six years behind now on podcasts, but I'm going to listen to them all because it's... I'm going to start it as well. I'm very embarrassed to say after almost 14 years of listening or of living in this country, I have very little knowledge of Irish history. Like, you have taught me loads over the years. My best friend who lives in Australia, Anna, has taught me tons. And I know loads of great, like, folklore stories, but I don't know a lot. And people at home always ask yeah. me about various things. And, like, in Canada, when we, we do social studies, which is history, essentially, and the only thing we are ever taught about Ireland is, guess, the Irish potato famine. Because loads of people came over to Canada. And the fact that Canada's a commonwealth, I presume you weren't taught the full history behind it. Of course we weren't. The fact that there was loads of grain and corn and everything still going in Ireland, but it was shipped off to the Britain. Had no idea. Exactly. So, the first episode is based around 450. And it's based around the barbarians in Ireland and how that phrase originated. So there's loads of little gems in there. How the phrase barbarian came mm. about and how... So it goes through place names in Ireland, right? So we would... People who speak Irish, like myself, would have an understanding of the translation of the place name. Yeah. So Donegal, Dune and Owl. So the Irish translation means something completely different. Than, so uh, Tyrone. The Irish rat is Tyrone, yeah. which means Owen's country. I knew that. So you knew that. I knew that. Um, Don't think Anna lives there. Well, that's Kerr County. Donegal, Dune and Owl, right? Yeah. The original name for Donegal was Tyrone. So Tyrone, Tyrone, mm-hmm. Donegal was Tyrconnell. So that was Conal's country. Like. So it's just, and that goes all the way back. That goes 13, 1400 years back. Yeah. And I'm in the middle now. Of the, I'm at the end of the Viking Age in Ireland, just coming to Brian Baru. And Brian Baru? Yeah. So I, I've gone through all this, like 10, 12 episodes. So I, t- I actually tweeted Fionn, the guy who does the Irish History Podcast. Yeah. So hopefully we can come together. He lives in Kilkenny. So um, I must email him in the next week and we try and get him on Dude, a snowcast. I'm going to start listening to this on my, on my trip to work. Oh my God, Sonia, it's amazing. Yeah. And he goes through in detail how, like, you know, how even Irish surnames have come about. So the O'Neill surname, even though the O'Neills were great chieftains and high kings in Ireland way back in the day, the actual surname O'Neill didn't come about until later on and stuff like that. Oh, I love I, all it of this. Gets into so real awesome. stuff about an adventure. So history, which, let's be honest, is incredibly important. So and important. Like, I am intrinsically Irish. I go on about my Irishness an awful lot. Which is great. My mother's maiden name is Quinn. Mm-hmm. My 
uh, father's parents name are Walsh and Hamilton so Walsh means Welsh mm-hmm. Hamilton is a Scottish surname and Quinn is a, a Norman surname whoa so that's a lot my, what's happening there so uh, Colin or Coughlin in these parts mm-hmm. um, is my grandmother's surname Kitty and so that's the only original Irish surname I have so I'm at most 25% Irish in wow. genealogy wow so there's so much to learn from listening to these kind of podcasts so Irish History Podcast really highly recommend it that's so cool Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. Re- I love it. Really enjoying it. I've, I, I've, I think I've listened to about 14 podcasts in two days. But, like, this is, what, this is why history is so great. But where did all of this information come, come from? It came from people journaling and chronicling. That's a brilliant segue. <laughs> <laughs> She's closing the loop. She's getting used to being on a podcast. Right? <laughs> I'm learning, by the way. Yeah. But it's, that's what's amazing about history. And, like, that's why we have such knowledge and access to it now is because of all the of all the, the, the books and the journals that, that were written back in the day. And, like, and I think that's, we're losing it. We're yeah. losing that with technology. So I was just about to ask you this, right? So the Snowcast, in a sense, is a chronicling of yeah. shy talk in the pub now. Yeah, which could be gone in a second. But that's what I'm saying, right? So all this is there. And I, all, I actually, I've had this lovely talk where, you know, I have voicemail saved from my grandparents. Yeah. Where they leave a voicemail, I save it. Because I can listen back to it now. So do I. Um, and it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But for example, right? Snowcast is saved on a cloud and stored in the internet somewhere. Mm-hmm. Say in a hundred years time, yeah. the book of Kells, the annals of the f- four islands or whatever the fuck it is, <laughs> um, all of these annals that are written in text, yeah. they're physical copies. Yeah. What if in a hundred years time there's a digital meltdown? Exactly. Snowcast is gone forever. Not even a hundred each. What if like in, like next year? Like it is so possible. Oh yeah. At any it's stage very, now. Yeah. I mean, and, and grand, like I suppose the same argument can be made to say like now you can you can burn paper. Yeah. But look, um, these texts ex- exist and it's fantastic to have them. And I just think it's, it's a fascinating thing. It is. It's fascinating to me that like, the digital aid is fantastic, but at the same time too, how vulnerable is it? We, we, we assume it's not vulnerable at all. It's it be is fine, vulnerable. It's, it's, and you, you made a very good point there that, yeah, you can burn paper as well, but like, it's, the, it's the accessibility of the virtual, like the digital age that makes it so appealing as well. You sit there, you open your laptop, everything is in one place. You don't have to shelf your book. You don't have to continue. It's all there, instant access all the time. And I think in a world where we're so digitally clicked in, everyone has a phone, everyone has, everyone, it's just there all the time. People find it more convenient. But isn't there something wonderful about getting your book, pulling it out, sitting there and flicking through the pages? And like, that's something me and my sister talk about a lot. And like, I'd be very much the digital argument and she'd be very much the you know, physical book journal argument of these things. Like I've been, she's a she's been a bookworm her whole life, yeah. and she has such a huge, amazing collection of books. And I wanted to get her a Kindle one year, and she absolutely point blank refused. And she was like, "No, I don't want a Kindle." And I said, "Why not? It's so convenient. You can have hundreds of books." She's like, "But I want to be able to pull a book off my shelf. I want to be able to hold it and touch it and smell it and flip the pages, and I want to be able to have a collection, a library that years and years and years could go by, and I would be able to hand it down and hand it down and hand it down." And to me, that felt like such an old notion. And we saw a video of her new house today. Oh, and yeah, we did. She has shelves that she can Yay. have a library. Uh, <laughs> fair page, Asha. No, I, I actually think, um, so Harvard did a study in this, and I, I came across this study through a teacher, Marshall McGowan, which means Mr. Smith, mm-hmm. in secondary school. He, he alluded to me because when we were in secondary school, when I was doing my leave start in 2008, computers yeah. were still fairly new age yeah. in terms of the routine day-to-day use of them. And... Um, with the internet, I was saying, there's so much accessibility, so much stuff to yeah. look up, um, both versus textbooks. And a study in Harvard revealed that humans um, retain about 20% of stuff that they read off a page. They only retain about 8% of what they take in off a screen. I'm not surprised. I absolutely believe it. Yeah. Like, if I, like, for me, I'm not someone... I was never a reader when I was younger my sister was always the reader and then when I got to medical school it was like I was reading so fucking much and it was all medical textbooks I never read for pleasure I never knew what that was like until I finished medical school and I decided to start reading and oh my god obsessed now like I really do love it and oh I just lost my train of thought you love reading what was it you, you used to like reading but now you love it now I love reading 
I had a major brain fart. Okay, that's fine. That brings us into the modern Go era on. of screens and brain farts. Oh, yeah. I remember what I was talking about now. When I read a book and I sit there and I read a book off of my laptop, it's so distract. I'm so distracted. I can just click into Google. I can click into my emails. Like I can't. And then your phone is pausing next. Yeah, but I laptop's gone. I'm sitting there and I'm reading a book and I have the book in my hand. There's nothing else. It's just and because you have to concentrate on flipping the page, and it, it seems like such a trivial thing, but you have the book in your hand. You're flipping the page. You're scanning. There's no kind of intense light in your eye. Like, there's so many little tiny things that are so trivial, that seem so trivial, but actually make a huge collective difference in your ability to concentrate and take in information. So I'm not surprised at all about us retaining so little when we read off of technology. Speaking of technology and retaining so little of it, and uh, speaking of belittling technology, modern dating. (laughs) That was a lovely segue. (laughs) Worst segue ever. Okay. I have no idea how you got to modern. Oh, Tinder, electronics, got it. Best go, segue go, ever. Go, go, Best, go. Segue, Best segue, ever. segue ever. Go. Retry. Sorry. So, modern dating. Uh, we just chatted, talked about you being chatted yes. up earlier. We, we briefly alluded to you being chatted up and done stores earlier. Which actually, do you know, when you told me the story in full detail before we started recording, I thought it was actually quite sweet and quite brave of a modern 24 year old to it actually approach a woman. So brave. And, I, and it was so brave. And I was so impressed. So impressed, and we ended up in like an auntie kind of way. In like a, I'm just gonna let's just see what you got here, kid, kind of a way. And I'm not trying to sound condescending or like a bitch, but he was that was it was so sweet, and I was so shocked. I I imagine, like I haven't been single for three years now. I don't know how long. Hi, Neve. Hi, Neve. I don't even know what year we have. Uh, I haven't been single in a while now so modern dating even, even when I was single like yeah. I set up a Tinder profile but hated it after like a week after like not even two days so I think I'm probably the last of a generation that mm. you had to like meet a girl have a chat with her there had to be a bit of chemistry and then, only then were you interested whereas now oh my god so like I... as, as the most eligible bachelorette in Waterford oh god what's your I don't know about that I, so I'm a little bit old school when it comes to dating. I think I've always been like this. My dad always used to tell us these amazing stories about his university days, but I was never a Tinder bumble. I never did any of that. I, I find it so false and such, it's just, it's just so not my thing. I, I remember I, the week you had Tinder when we lived oh, together. And it was just fucking horrendous. My girlfriends were so adamant that I at least try it but it just so goes against all of my principles when it comes to dating and goes against all the things that I absolutely love about dating that I just refuse to do it because I know I wouldn't like it and they were like oh Sonia like you have to give it a chance you don't even know if you haven't tried so I thought okay just to just to appease them I'm gonna give it a go fuck me I think you lasted four or five days if that like it was just the worst it was there it was so falsified first of all you're just hiding behind fucking technology. How can you? How can you accurately and and appropriately vibe off someone over a phone? It's all subjective and about interpretation. And there's there's so much falseness in that. The best part about dating is seeing someone's reaction to a conversation, reading their body language, them reacting to what you're saying, and vice versa. Like that's how you know if you're gonna click with someone, so, not over a fucking text. I just ugh. So get me started. I'm going to tell you how the moment that me and Eve really clicked. Aww. I want to say this on podcast and we'll put it out there. On our first day, we went to Jeff's for a couple of drinks. <laughs> Jeff's is a bar. We, we, if, if, like long-term listeners, Snowcastle will have heard Jeff's in the title Snogs. If you're new to the podcast, Jeff's is a bar in Waterford. It's, it's an institution in Waterford. Actually, so great. Yeah, if you're listening to the Ritual Festival episode as well, we mentioned Jeff's and about the, the original playing of vinyls there and how it became a music bar, which mm-hmm. is actually really interesting. But Jeff's is a really good bar. Uh, actually, I'd say Neve is actually probably there with her friends right now. We probably oh, yeah. made up with them afterwards. And um, so we were in Jeff's. We were off the back on our own because uh, she was embarrassed to be out with me. I'd say more than that. <laughs> oh my else. god! Um, and actually, Marie Hartley saw us out and started uh, wolf whistling us. But okay. that's near here, not there. <laughs> so we were chatting away. We'd known each other professionally. Um, it was a first date. Nervous enough. Chat the usual chit chat. Yeah. And all of a sudden she says to me, so what kind of music are you into? 
And I said, my favourite band aren't like, you know, the most popular band in the world, mm-hmm. but I absolutely love them. Bell X1. Mm-hmm. And her face, I'll never forget her facial reaction because they're her favourite band too. I know. And it was just this moment, and she wouldn't believe me. And she said, who, like, who told you this? Like, she was like, you know. You're kidding. So I started singing a Bell X1 song that isn't even on an album. I said, only a true Bell X1 fan knows this song, and I sang a song. Obviously, low, not like, not like belting it out like armored cars and tanks and guns, big take away our sons. Like there wasn't anyone joining the IRA after I sang it, like or anything. But and uh, yeah, it just it 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 completely, I suppose, relieves any tension in the date. That was one of the first things you told me about her. Yeah, is that she loves bugs. Yeah. like son, she loves bugs. Once. And oh. the thing about it is, is. I think on our third or fourth day we booked tickets to Bellex One and Limerick that was like three or four months away and yeah. we were like if we're still dating then we'll go to it if not and obviously we obviously we ended up going to the concert and lovely stuff but it's just one of them things that yeah. right if you text down and said and Tinder and a text message my favourite band is Bellex One the whole aspect of like, what, what was her? special about yeah. that moment is completely lost the, the speciality was me seeing her reaction yeah. and the smile and stuff not exactly. actually us both like in the same band exactly. like that's that's actually quite a two dimensional aspect of what happened there it was the connection and stuff that, that thankfully we haven't lost until now but that's what we're like, like this is the whole thing why I think these dating apps and this online dating is just so anti the exact opposite of what dating's about because like meeting people relationships dating it's all about connections yeah. and how do you form a connection over the internet like how do you do that you well, can't I'll tell you what right Anyone listening to this who's single and wants to get dating, oh my God. take our lead, go and meet someone and actually have a conversation with them 100%. and get out on a date. Because you know what? We had a connection over Bell X1 and the week that this podcast comes out is going to be a year before we get married. Yay! So look, I, I, I think we've talked enough shit for tonight, to be honest with you. I need to get another pint because my pint glass is empty. Sonia, Me too. this has been a lovely conversation. Yeah, it's been lovely. We should do this more often. We really should. We actually said on Monday and it's Saturday that we should do this more often. It's great. Um, so guys uh, listen to Snowcast keep an eye out for the blog Sonia's going to contribute to the blog keep yes, an eye out yes. on YouTube because we're going to do the um, we're going to do the Arcane Stores monthly YouTube video that is going to not just be me and Owen we're going to have Sonia on it we're going to have Simon on it hopefully we might get a bit Dave on it hopefully if Dodd comes home we get him on one. Oh, Dodd um, yeah Dodd hi Dodd how, how are you Dodd we miss um, you and we're going to have a rotating uh, series, I guess, on the videos as well. And also, we're going to do a series on YouTube of little autobiographies, not autobiographies, little, um, I suppose, documentaries based on the history of pubs that we go to. And not just the pubs that we go to, but other pubs around the country as well. And we're going to go and do those little documentaries. And do you know what? They, we don't have a frequency that are going to come out. We don't know how. Obviously, we're editing all this ourselves, full-time jobs. So that's the thing. Uh, the other thing I want to do is um, in the next week or two, I'm going to set up a. Pa- I have a Patreon account set up, but we haven't formalised or anything like that. So if listeners to this podcast would like us to do more or increase the frequency with which we can do videos and stuff like that as well, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, keep an eye on social media and a future podcast. I'll be um, announcing details of our Patreon account. So if you want to contribute to the Snowcast, the running of the Snowcast, buying equipment, making the equipment better, uh, technology better, so that we can go out, uh, I promise any Patreon to will be put towards improving the snowcast not towards the drinks that we drink during the snowcast <laughs> I can guarantee that uh, thanks everyone for listening thanks Sonia for coming on with me tonight a thanks short for notice thanks having me uh, recording this Saturday bringing out Monday short turnover and I'm going to edit it and just going to put it out there because Sonia's great uh, and the feedback that we get from Neve, actually Neve listened to one of your episodes and said you're better than me and no one combined so. okay I don't know about that thank you yeah. Neve. I love you so guys thanks so many for listening this is Snowcast in Grady's Yard Big, like honestly, I can't emphasize how much I appreciate Grady's yard and everything they do for the snowcast. They're amazing. Um, yeah, I'm gonna put a picture up on Instagram after I finish this Yay. of Grady's yard, <laughs> where they have a snowcast sticker and magnet over the one go. And also, actually, before I finish, I just want to say congratulations to Mary Cullen who won uh, the drinks giveaway on Facebook that I gave away during the week. And um, actually, Neve picked the name out of a hat. Yeah. Well, by the say I picked the name of the hat, I wrote all names down, assigned them a number, and you've picked out number 11, which is Mary Cullen. Mary, congratulations. You've won two cans of Yellow Belly Passion Food Sour, you've won a can of Boyne Valley Le- Vienna Lager, you've won a bottle of Muldoon Whiskey Liqueur, and you've won a bottle of Havana Club Rum. Oh, shit. <laughs> this is the best fucking giveaway we've ever done. <laughs> so great. So, congratulations, Mary Cullen, and uh, enjoy. So, Shinian Snowcast on Shockton Show, Marina Burke and Steve Glare, Aaron Gabrock. Au revoir. Come out, you black and tan. Come out and fight me like a man.
GCG7. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.